Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. This is NFL Trend Zone, the podcast of FranchiseTag.com. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wesley Johnson, Jason Bolin, and Sally from Minneapolis. And we're going to tackle all of the NFL's headlines this week from progression of rookie quarterbacks, some of those battles, it's the Broncos quarterback battle, which is the only tried and true one that there is in the NFL as to who's going to start. Now we'll get into some of the Vikings vaccination stuff. Pretty much got all of the topics covered. But first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, information for all of your sports betting needs. For example, on BetOnline, the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James and company, are 3-1 to favorites to win the 2022 NBA championship. That's the best in the business. Followed by the Brooklyn Nets, which is pretty tight with the Lakers, 13-4. by and then the next closest front runners are the Warriors and Bucks at nine to one. You can visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are into training camp, a full week of it for all teams, and we've got about four or five topics on the docket. And the first is the progress of the rookie quarterbacks. The scintillating names, the first five that were drafted, so to speak, um, from what do we got? Lawrence and Wilson. Wilson's finally signed and uh, Lance. So we'll get into them. Um, Wes, do you want to start at the the top and give us a summary and then we'll chime in? Or what do you have in mind? Um, Sure. Yeah. Why don't we start with uh, Trevor Lawrence? Um, From what I'm hearing and reading, um he's you know distributing the ball all over the place um making use of all of his wide receivers uh, which is nice to see out of rookie quarterback so he's not locked into just one singular player although i don't think jacksonville necessarily has a wide receiver one on their squad um he had a three pick day on monday and um minshew has been taking the reps with the ones as of now you don't think Chark is a WR one? I don't. Oh, he. I had him in fantasy last year, and <laughs> he was non-existent. So. so this is a resentment, is what this is. <laughs> Absolutely, you have to put it through the steps, my friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, he so. had a he had a three pick day. Is 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 Jacksonville's defense isn't anything remotely comparable to what they were a few years ago? Are they? I no, mean, they're not. No. No, that's been their downfall is they let those pieces um, confusingly just go away. And that's been their problem. Yeah. So Lawrence and the Tebow connection is there. Um, And Wilson's was a late bloomer to sign his contract. What's he up to? Uh, Wilson, he finally signed last Thursday. Um, He has a cannon for an arm. He hit um, Elijah Moore on a, 50 plus yard bomb on Saturday. Um, he he seems to have command of, you know, whatever they're doing there. Um, also uh, in more, uh, I think he's also a rookie that will uh, show out this year. So if you're looking for fantasy sleeper, uh, Elijah Moore. They got a heck of a chemistry going over there in camp. I heard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is this the so we're about to talk about the Niners? Is this is this a spot where we want to talk about Garoppolo versus Lance, or we want to wait for that later? No, we can do that right now. Okay. Well, Lance, <laughs> I'll take the mantle here, and then I'll let Sally chime in on her Niners take. Uh, Lance. Oh, I'm just here for color commentary. <laughs> well, this, then you, then you <laughs> and I'm colorful. judging any disputes. I'm okay. deciding who's who's All right, smarter. Well then, your referee, and I'll start on the Lance <laughs> stuff. So he's looked refreshing, and the knock on him, if you want to call it that, is he didn't play a whole lot of football in college, um, and he played at a tiny school, which is in my neighborhood. 
in North Dakota, although I'm in South Dakota, they're frequently interchanged erroneously. And then he <laughs> did, didn't, didn't really play uh, because of the coronavirus stuff in 2020. Lo and behold, he was drafted uh, third quarterback off the board. And so now there's like this mini debate as to whether or not it should be Lance or should be Garoppolo. And inevitably, soon it will be Lance, but we don't know what the definition of soon is. But this football team, under this leadership, exact same leadership, just went to the Super Bowl in 2019 and arguably were a play or a quarter away from winning it. The knock on Garoppolo has never been that, oh, well, he kind of sucks. It's that he doesn't stay on the field. And that's the entire reason they drafted Lance is because they can't pay a guy really good quarterback money and then have him play five games per season. So Lance is the almighty contingency plan that I don't believe they're going to rush into. Maybe he's ready. Um, but I think with Garoppolo, you have a finely oiled machine in the Niners that is not far at all removed from the Super Bowl. That why would you, when you're paying Garoppolo, however many 20 million something, um, why wouldn't you try to replicate 2019 where you're a few bounces of the ball away from winning a Super Bowl into this great unknown? Like you have the best of both worlds right now. And that's why I think they're going to go with Garoppolo until he gets hurt, which will happen. And then they, <laughs> then they'll have the perfect segue to Lance. Which one of you disagrees with that? I disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I, obviously, he probably won't start week one, Trey Lance, but I, I could see him coming in rather quickly. Uh, the reason being, um, the early word coming out of campus, he's lighting it up. Um, people are reporting that the offense in general has a better energy with him in the game or you know, in the huddle. Uh, that alone, uh, by inserting Garoppolo, if Lance is showing that he is the guy, um, even though Garoppolo's the the veteran and been there, you can risk losing the huddle if you know you go with the the safer play. And I don't know if this team will necessarily want to to do that for uh, definitely not for the year, but um, early on even. Uh, for instance, Shanahan on Monday. Uh, he said that he had he had no plans to insert uh, Trey Lance with the the first unit, and then Tuesday came and <laughs> here he's getting he he got one rep, but I mean it's still a rep with the one. So um, other teammates, Dre Greenlaw, he said it's the that he has the best arm he's ever seen. Um, Dan Orvoslowski, he said Lance will cut down on the turnovers with his athleticism alone um, and make this offense unstoppable. So I, I just I see a lot more benefit going with Lance than sticking with Jimmy G. Hey, uh, Wes, I heard something today and it was it was probably just gibberish mumbling, but I, I wanted to ask you about it and your, get your take on this. So um, I I. I came across it's probably satire, and I also heard it from a, a friend of mine at work that's that's pretty big uh, Niners fan, and he is under the impression in this guys that uh, that they're going to roll Jimmy G out for the first quarter of the season. Apparently, they play some subpar um, defenses according to last year's statistics, and they were going to just air it out with him, get his numbers pretty elevated, and then trade him. Yeah, right. I, I mean, that's that. a big conspiracy theory. I know, but <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, he's like, well, you know, who knows? Because he's in the same same mindset that Dustin just mentioned. He he will be hurt soon. Right. <laughs> right. That's the so that's the long game. So for for listeners, I don't know if you guys care about this, but I've known Wes for a year and a half and he and I are basically the same person in different parts of the country. Uh, we're about the same age. Our uh, sons are the same age. We like the same football team, the same basketball team. We have the same political ideology. We're both recovered alcoholics. The list goes on. He's better looking than me. I'll give him that. But it sounds like you don't like Garoppolo. And I think that he is pretty darn good when he plays. Do we have that schism, as Sally would call it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, seeing him play last year, um, obviously he was injured and wasn't playing that well because of it. But mm -hmm. You know, there, there's a reason the Niners mortgaged their future um, <laughs> for Lance, and you know he, he'll he'll get his light of day. I, I just think it'll be sooner rather than later. 
Okay. So you got to, Jason, you got to be the tiebreaker here. Um, so I, evidently I'm pro Garoppolo and <laughs> Wes is pro Lance. So what say you good, sir? Well, I think, I think that they're in the best position you could be in. I mean, yeah. you, you Garoppolo when, when he plays is, is, you know, he's proven that he can, he's more than capable to, you know, get you 30, 35 touchdowns, you know, cousins numbers, 15 picks maybe, um, which is proved two years ago. He's good enough to get you to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as he's healthy and he's, you know, putting those kind of numbers up, I don't know how you bench him. I mean, he's under. Sorry, sir. I was just going to say, he's, I mean, he's under contract. You might as well ride him into the ground. <laughs> what, unless unless he does bad. <laughs> yeah. One more stat I had too is, uh, the 49ers, they can track how many hours players study their playbook. <laughs> and who do you think spent the most time studying their playbook? Lance. Lance. So, oh, okay. I mean, he, he wants it. They he's he's going to some... get it. I oh, mean... no, of course. They gave some tidbits coming out of OTAs on what to work for. And when he showed up at camp, he the coaches were blown away. They said he absolutely worked on his mechanics and – Think about how delightful that would be if you're the guy that set up that tracking system and the guy <laughs> that awesome. you the guy that used it most is your future. That's yeah. pretty yeah. The, well, the best tracking system is uh, the Cleveland Browns on draft day with Bo Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? <Yeah. laughs> uh Sally, would no you uh, Sally, would you would you roll with Garoppolo until things went pear-shaped, or would you throw caution to the wind and go with Lance out of the gate if you were coach of the 49ers? Yeah. I'm conflicted here. Both of you made very good arguments. At first, I thought, oh, I'm absolutely going to agree with Dustin here. Um, And then Wes took me back a little bit to his side. I think you have to consider the 49ers division and how tough that division is potentially going to be. Um, Obviously, we'll have to see. But they can't – I don't know if they're going to take a risk. Uh, week one, week two um, on a rookie when that division is potentially going to be really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm more inclined to believe they're going to go Garoppolo and switch it up if, if they need to. Um, but I think they're going to stay safe for now. And let's pump the break. It's been one week and we see one preseason <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and barring injury though, Wes, what would, what would Jimmy G need to do in order to get the, to get the boot? Do you think? I mean, assuming he's healthy and he's playing, I mean, how bad does he have to play before they just pull the trigger? Probably two and three, two and four. Something like that, yeah. I don't even know what their schedule looks like. Well, remember it has the Packers on it. (laughs) If there's any detrimental injuries, which fingers crossed that there isn't, I mean, he could get into a Sam Bradford situation. Yeah. I think that they're absolutely banking on the fact that he's going to get hurt, even if it's for a game like, or the rest of a game. And then Lance is going to do the Baker Mayfield thing where he comes in and he seizes the job from Gerard Taylor. And then you can't take him out almost like Brady and blood. So 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. that's, and I think yeah. that, I think that is their plan. Like it's not a matter of uh, if it's a matter of when, because it happens like clockwork. He's uh, there's, is it one season in Garoppolo's career that he's thrown more than seven touchdown passes in a season? And that's the year they went to the Super Bowl. So it's always hmm. about health. And yeah. I'm just, I, uh, I, I, when the games that I watch Garoppolo, he looks competent to me. And I yep. feel like he's the type of dude that is, you know, a top 14, top 15 when he's on the field, but he's just not consistently on the field. So, yeah, there's probably people on that organization that are kind of inwardly hoping that he is hurt <laughs> by said game. Oh well, yeah. It'll you make know? the decision. Right. easy. Like, yeah. Just like Terod Taylor. It, Exactly. That one just happened in week two. I remember it vividly uh, because Baker, Baker's first name is my last name. And I've always thought that was neat. And he came in and I was like, well, let's see what he got. And he never gave his job back. And look, they're, they're a quasi front runner in the AFC. So, all right. So that is the wait. We got two more. How are the other two quarterbacks doing in a nutshell? Uh, Justin Fields. He, um, Valley's guy, coach, Justin Fields. Yeah. The head coach, Matt Nagy said that Fields has mastered the play calls in the huddle one weekend. Um, Fields did his homework after OTAs came back sharp, knowing the playbook. 
Um, Lewis Riddick of ESPN tweeted out that he's just that good training camp or not. So, oh my goodness. Okay. He's, he's wrapping it up as well. Yuck. All right. Well, that means that, well, that one, that one's a different situation because that one is absolutely going to happen that fields takes over. And it, if he keeps this up, uh, Nagy might have to backtrack and do it week one, but Dalton is only a placeholder Garoppolo in theory per what he's paid could be healthy and get to a late NFC uh, playoff push. So that one is a little yeah. different um, because Dalton and um, Garoppolo are different types, but what were you saying, Sally? I was going to say to go back to Garoppolo, how many years are left on his contract? <laughs> Last year of his deal this year. Oh, this is the last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I think he even knows that he won't be back next year. So, yeah. Even, and, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, even if they get to the NFC Championship and lose to the Vikings, you guys like that? Uh, then I don't think Garoppolo will be back. I think it's just. Oh no! I was just curious. Yeah, what kind of contract is he? Okay. Wonder what kind of contract he gets the next go around. Ooh, he'll he'll end up like in Washington or some. There's always one or two teams that limp into a season with a quarterback. This year, it's the Texans and the, the Washington football team. And I think Garoppolo will end in a spot like that. Maybe I like see. the Steelers or something if Roethlisberger retires. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to Trevor Lawrence for a second. What um, I read a report today talking that Urban Meyer's not sure how much he's going to play in the preseason. Mm. <laughs> um, why, why would that be? Would I mean, don't you think that you'd want to see as much of him in the preseason as you could? Yeah. Or is he, is he, or is he the understood starter there? Uh, as of right now, it's Minshew taking reps with the one. Yeah. You were saying that. Yes. Yeah. I think, so I, <clears throat> I think yeah. you would with Lawrence, you're probably just going to treat him like you would any starting quarterback that he'll do the first drive. If I, if they do that and then he's out, I don't think he needs like a prove it rookie um, shindig where, you know, he plays most of the time just because he's a rookie. I think he already has the brand that he's, you know, Joe Burrow. And so, you know, he's good to go. I think that's the rationale. In your honest opinion, do you think he, he is? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think he's the surefire starting quarterback for 10 to 12 years. I don't think he'll be as good as Peyton Manning because few are, but yeah, I think that he'll be, and I think Burrow will get there too. I think those ones pretty good. And the others, the others are a crapshoot, but with Lawrence, I'm pretty sold. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, with it being Jacksonville, it doesn't, you know, yeah, that's swallow dicey. him up. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. The next one I'm going to take uh, the first uh, crack at, and that's the Denver Broncos quarterback situation. It's one of the tr- only true blue quarterback battles. I think it's the only one where we don't know. Flat out, no clue who's going to start week one, whether it's Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so because Jason and I are close friends, I know a lot about Drew Locke. That's been his guy for <laughs> back to college. And I firmly believe, I've said it before on the show, that he needs this third year to get a fair adjudication on his talents. The first season when he took over, I thought he was tremendous, especially with Courtney Sut- Sutland- Sutton. Uh, last year, he obviously regressed, but he didn't have Sutton. And sometimes dudes do that. Plain and simple. They have sophomore slumps. It doesn't, it's not even exclusive to quarterbacks. Uh, so I think that if it's a matter of justice, that he should get the starting gig. And if he sucks, then you have Bridgewater. And I know a lot about Teddy Bridgewater. And so do the other folks on this panel. Uh, Bridgewater is never going to blow you away with arm strength, nor is he very sexy about the way he does things, but he's efficient. He moves the chains and he's clutch. And who can fault that? Uh, so that's why I think the battle is so intriguing. I don't know the the tidbits about who is the front runner. It sounds like it's a different one every day. Uh, they can get to the uh, playoffs with Bridgewater. I'll tell you that right now because they did it in his sophomore year with the Vikings when they won the division. Uh, he's he's good enough to do that, and I think the Broncos nation is starved for that. So, Sally, who do you have winning the Broncos quarterback battle? Um, it's really interesting. I guess gun to my head I would say Drew Locke um because I don't think that they're going to want to hurt his confidence if say they are going to decide later in the season to make a quarterback's change I don't think that they I, I think it's more likely that they would start Drew and switch to Teddy than I just think that Teddy has more experience so 
he could, I think Teddy would adapt better to being swapped in and out where I think drew that would be, um, maybe a little harder to brush off. We're going to let Jason have the last word. So Wes, what is your, what are you leaning toward for what you would do and what do you think will happen? Both of them. Um, I'm thinking lock and I think that's where they'll lean as well. Um, it's his third year. So generally quarterbacks take that third year leap. Uh, his familiarity in the system will probably give him an edge as well. Uh, both quarterbacks have been reported to have good days and bad days. Um, you know, going up against that defense too is, um, not an easy thing to do. Um, but I think it'll prepare them for, you know, what's ultimately to come. But uh, if I had to pick somebody, I would pick Drew Locke to uh, take the job week one. What about you, Jason? Their, their first three games are pretty easy, in my opinion, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they should be, yeah, for sure. At Giants, week one, week two, at Jaguars, and then Jets. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean – that would be a good way to ease in for whoever it may be. Yeah. All right, Jason, you've been waiting your whole life for this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, give, it's, uh, give us, give us who you want. We think I know the answer to that and give me your realistic prediction as somebody who follows Denver to the utmost. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I want drew. Um, I mean, I would think as an organization, you, I mean, if it's close um, as it is out there, um, you'd want it to be drew as well, just because that's where the investment is. And, um, I agree completely with Sally. I mean, you start drew on a very short leash and if things go awry or whatever, then you put in the, the veteran and, and say, you know, this is it for you, drew. This is, this is it. I mean, you can't go out there and start these first three games with a subpar schedule and come out looking like you did last year, you know? So, um, it's, it's crazy The you know, the, the training camp I went and saw, um, drew was winning, I think, um, more days than Teddy up until that point. And then, you know, I, I go out and watch drew through to throw two picks uh, and Teddy clearly won that day. Um, but again, though, it, sometimes it, it boils down, I think out there to who's going against the second string. Mm-hmm. who's looking better. I mean, that, that secondary on the, on the starters are, I mean, it's, it's incredible, but um, like yesterday, um, you know, they had the OC Shermer come out and give drew the most praise he ever has. And then today, Teddy gets 60% of the first team reps to 40% for drew. And, you know, you got everybody out there saying, Oh, that's the, that's the sign right there that they're going to roll Teddy. But nobody, nobody really knows. I would think that if it's as close as, as it appears that you got to roll with Drew first. On Locke, even if this campaign does not go his way, whether it's through the struggle bus or Teddy emerges as you know a top 12 dude, which he has the tool toolkit to do, I don't think it's the end of Locke as a career. I think his personality is jovial enough and uh, you know, presumably people will like being around him. And then he's got the the tools too. So let's say it doesn't work out there and then they, they stick with Teddy or they draft somebody. I think that Locke would ultimately end up in a QB two position and then, you know, fight to start somewhere. And I, I really believe that he has the skill set to be good and it'll just be strange if it doesn't work out in Denver because it's so perfect. The roster is tailor-made for a young quarterback. So. Yep. All right. The other uh, couple things, um, the uh, West, the injuries in <laughs> Indianapolis. First of all, they're spooky. Right. Uh, Quentin Nelson, Carson Wentz have a very similar injury. They're out for the exact same pronounced time, five to 12 weeks. Right. Sky, the sky is falling. Colts always have something weird happen with injuries to the quarterback foremost, and it's happening again. So they might be with their quarterback week one, or it might be mid-season before he's back. Do you believe that the ruckus about potentially signing or trading for a patch me over dude is real, like the full stuff or anybody, or will they just roll with uh, Eason season until Wentz <laughs> is ready? Uh, I think if they do decide to roll the dice on like a Foles or 
um, a Garoppolo even, um, <laughs> that they'll do so closer to the season once they've seen the recovery time. From what I understand, it's uh, two weeks off the foot, uh, two weeks of um, I don't know recovery or therapy on the foot, and then you know from weeks five to twelve is just a matter of can that foot bear the weight that it needs to. Um, so I'm sure at the end of that fourth week, um, they'll kind of see how uh, both of those guys' feet are doing and and probably make a decision from there, um, you know, what, what the next step uh, should be. Uh, that offensive line is a little decimated, too, at, at the moment. Uh, center Ryan Kelly, he was injured earlier in camp with a elbow right. injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, free agent tackle that they signed Eric Fisher. Uh, he's working him back from uh, himself back from an Achilles injury. Yeah, that is, that's, that's a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Uh, Sally, the Vikings had a miserable three or four day stretch in terms of headlines and whatnot, but it was probably outdone by the Colts and the news of the best guard in the world out for five to 12 weeks and the quarterback who could be the savior if he gets back to form. Um, is it time to panic in Indiana? Oh, I would be super panicked. <laughs> 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 I would be super panicked. I would be, um, yeah, you know how crazy I would be if I was, I would be talking about jumping off the roof or something. Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, especially, I mean, you've got, I, yes, I would be upset. That's just all get, I got. Just, yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. That's, that's an unfiltered take. I'm not, I need to just put, go on mute. <laughs> uh, Jason, Jason, how spooky is it for the Colts who have a pretty decent roster, a great front office and a good coach to maybe limp into the season with two commodities that are not there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, I think the guard situation is, is obviously more, more important. I, I don't know what, I mean, Wentz, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to say about that guy really, to be quite honest. I, how many, how many years does he have left on his deal? Four. Yeah. He's got a bunch in all. Oh, so it's uh, okay. So he's getting paid no matter what. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be, frustrated, disappointed. Um, I'd bring in Foles personally. <laughs> what a circus that would or be. Bring, or bring back. Uh, yeah, that would, that would be, that'd be great. Oh, rivers, rivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was rumblings that they were going to reach out to Denver too, about one of those guys, but that ain't going to happen. That's just all talk, but yeah, I'd be pretty frustrated because you're right. They have a great team, great coach. And mm-hmm. it's just a sturdy team. It isn't, yeah. out, it isn't outfitted with glorious um, wide receivers that your grandma would know. Um, And then they have like five running backs that are pretty darn good. Offensive line is usually stout, and that means the offense ticks. And then the defense is good. Um, So it seems like they're just a well-run organization, surprise, surprise, that the only thing that could really derail them is the loss of their best offensive lineman and their potentially save your quarterback and boom, that's what we have. Well, didn't, well, didn't Foles come out and start talking a bunch of shit saying, yeah. Hey, yeah, man, I had my best Jesus with Frank Reich and we got to the super bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, yeah, he implied, he said, or implied that the version of him from 2017, the one a super bowl, that's what he is now. So don't get it twisted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, just think of how how quickly Wince's nerves would fly to the moon <laughs> oh, if, if they traded for Foles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's Twilight Zone stuff. Absolutely. That would be awesome. God, yeah. that'd be good. All mm-hmm. right. So we have two more things. Um, we'll get in. We'll talk about the Viking stuff right now with uh, the vaccination. Uh, I just want to get your guys take on the extended prognosis of what it means to NFL, and then we'll spin the wheel to give our forecast for a random NFL team that comes up. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you. Here's the deal. Um, The backup quarterback for the Vikings, Kellen Mond, contracted the coronavirus. And we found out Saturday before the first big practice that Kirk Cousins and Nate Stanley, who's like the QB4, evidently were unvaccinated because they were considered close contacts. And through some sleuthing of NFL rules, we determined that they're not vaccinated. So they had to stay away from the team for five days. And that has created a 
uh, wildfire of, well, what if this happens during the regular season and Cousins isn't there? Um, that would be uh, problematic. And then yesterday, I believe, it was announced that the Vikings are the least vaccinated team in the NFL. And I don't think anybody viewed it as that dire. Um, do you think that this vaccination stuff will follow the season and affect teams, maybe not to the point of forfeitures, but notable players missing? Or do you think when the FDA approves uh, one of the vaccines here in short order, which is supposed to happen today, that will will it kind of go away a little bit? Will the, the uh, you mean like the debating on whether or not it's it's fair or? Well, no, not at, I think that will be on, going on forever. Um, yeah, yeah. But whether or not. So right now in Minneapolis media, it feels like this is going to dominate the headlines every week. And I'm not quite sold that's going to happen. I think we're just um, so bogged down in the immediacy of, oh, Cousins is out. So what yeah. happens if you think that this narrative of unvaccinated players hindering team success will carry over to the regular season? Oh, it could. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely could. I mean, there's because there's now what would have happened then if um, they had been nothing. I mean, because they can pretty much go on business as usual if they are vaccinated, right? Precisely. Yeah. 48 hours, they would have to sit out. Okay. So, and then as opposed to not being in its five days? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to, I think it's going to go on all, all season. And, you know, eventually right now, I don't, I don't know anybody that is or isn't on Denver's roster, um, but we will soon enough. I mean, I can, I can see it affecting every team. Okay. Sally, you talked about this on our Vikings show about 45 minutes ago. Uh, are you fearful this will follow the team beyond September? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that it's unlikely that it's going to go away. Um, just what we see what's going on in the country with the uh, numbers increasing everywhere, as well as the, the um, variant getting stronger, which we know has a lot to do with um, the percentage of unvaccinated people that we have. The um, virus is just going to keep evolving and becoming stronger so that it can outsmart the vaccines. So um, it has the possibility to become a big mess when you have a locker room um, with leaders that are advocating against science. Uh, <laughs> that's how I could say it, I guess, as nice as possible. And the thing is, if, if these people are not taking this seriously, um, do we trust them in their social life to be taking it seriously, to be keeping their distance from friends, family, loved ones, having guests over, um, they, I think are going to expose themselves to more people than those who really believe in COVID and really believe, um, that this is something that we need to be taken seriously. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stressed about it. Hopefully it teaches them a little bit of a lesson to see what went on this week and, and see the consequences. Um, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. Wes, will this follow the Vikings into the regular season and will it follow other NFL teams? <clears throat> uh, I, I do think it will uh, follow both Vikings and other NFL teams. Um, people are going to get sick as we enter the colder months. Um, you know, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you won't get sick. Um, you can get sick. Um but if you're unvaccinated per NFL rules and you're in close contact, you have to sit out the mandatory five days while continuing to test daily. Um, that could put your team in a predicament, uh, as we saw during this um, Saturday night scrimmage, where half or more than half the quarterback room was decimated and and had to be, you know, uh, had to sit out for for the scrimmage. Um, you know, thinking of the Vikings, like they could lose a wide receiver group. They could lose, you know, four or five people from, uh, the starting offensive line. And this will be, you know, across the league, um, with, you know, all teams will more than likely be, uh, stuck in this type of situation. Uh, so it just benefits the players. It benefits your teammates to, to get vaccinated, um, I believe I saw a few tweets today that the FDA did, um, approve the Pfizer. So, um, that 
you know, hopefully we'll change some people's minds, but probably what happens, what happens if, uh, like, let's just say on a hypothetical, if cousins actually had COVID and, you know, I, like you mentioned, Dustin, he was adamant about not taking Mm -hmm. or, you know, for any player that's adamant about not doing it, then what? So if this guy has COVID recovers from it and considers himself immune in that case, in that scenario, will they still have to test every day because they're not yeah. vaccinated or from what that? I understand, from what I understand, they are still going to be treated as unvaccinated. They're not going to get an exemption for antibodies or any, anything like that. It will still be the same protocol. But from a, but from a team perspective, if you're the general manager of the Vikings or whatever team and you have a star player that is against doing this, right. Mm-hmm. And, and he catches COVID mm-hmm. and it's like during a bye week don't you yeah. think that, that that general manager would be relieved? Like, okay, good. You know, he got it. He's done. He's over with. And yeah, I'm no, this, I'm just, just yeah. a random question just because I know that, Somewhat, yeah. but that's not going to prevent him from having a close contact potentially. So because you know what I mean? So yeah, he might not actually get sick, but if he's in the same room as another quarterback who ends up coming down with it, like a week later, two weeks or whatever rule they're going to, in state for that, then he's going to have to quarantine again, probably. Yeah. From what I understand, the, that if you test positive and actually have it, that would account for like the first shot. So you'd still need a, a second shot to become fully vaccinated. Oh, so it weighs. So you, it, it would account for something then. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you're never going to get your second shot, then not really. Right. Well, so, no, but the diciest part of this, the vaccination process, whether it's globally and on the political frame or now infiltrating the NFL, is the aspect that getting a vaccine is an individual choice. And you know, whether or not you want to accept that medicine into your body, and you know, there's a heated debate on that. Um, but when you do that, I'm of the opinion that you're not safeguarding yourself. Um, against suffering through the virus, you are looking towards the greater good of your community, your neighbor, your countrymen, the guys that your neighbor. Uh, so, and I think that's where the disconnect is, is because person A is skeptical about putting that in their body. Um, but the objective is that is so that you don't infect a 70 year old woman with COPD who could conceivably die from it. And there's a disconnect there that we treat this as an individual freedoms when a pandemic uh, is fueled by a virus that doesn't look at individual freedoms. It wants its job is to infect everything. And I think that's where we just misfire. And mm. if, if you, the seatbelt uh, analogy, uh, if, if I get the coronavirus, um, you know, I'm going to spread it from droplets that come out of my throat, unbeknownst to myself, and then it's going to infect whoever is in my surroundings. A seat, and it's a liability because it can kill somebody who's vulnerable. A seatbelt protects me. Uh, the only person that will be affected by my lack of seatbelt is the taxpayer who has to pay for cleaning up my brains on the street if I fly through the windshield. But ultimately, it's my own damn fault if I don't wear a seatbelt. This one, it, it's far-reaching implications as far as the virus reached. And that's where I always get so stuck is that we're debating two different things. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's my little speech on this fact. Well, it's why it's so tricky to get your arms around is because we're framing it differently. Mm. Yeah. Right. And I think we also have to consider that. And I'm not trying to say that they, these people are wrong for, for deciding what they should or, or shouldn't do. It is an individual choice, but they're working in a much different work environment than I am or you guys are. Yes. You, your team, you may work on a team and people may contribute to your productivity and your job. But ultimately, most of us are solely responsible for our job performance for the most part. Whereas with these guys, it is a team that can fall so quickly if these key guys are out. And then, you know, these young guys who have a one, two, three year career are losing their chance. They're losing money. It, it's a domino effect of where it's affecting everyone. And to not to be even selfish in that setting, I don't know how that can't possibly fracture the locker room if things um, get worse. 
Yes, Sally, at my job, my daytime job, I'm a project manager. And if I get the Delta variant and I'm gone for two weeks, there are reasonable, smart people that can come in and manage my projects. Um, If Kirk Cousins gets it, there are very few people that can throw the football with his precision for two weeks. Um, There are, you know, college quarterbacks that are QB2s and whatnot. But uh, for somebody, and that's why these guys are paid so much, is because there's only a certain number of people in the world that can throw a football like that. There's thousands, if not millions, of project managers, and I'm replaceable. Uh, Kirk Cousins, despite the naysayers, you know, he's pretty damn good, and he's not as easy, as easy as replaceable, and that's why the dudes make so much money is because it's a very unique skill set. And these guys are next to each other in the locker room. They're showering in the same room. <laughs> I mean, supposedly they're supposed to you know, travel separately, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me since there are no restrictions in the locker room. Um, but it's, they are so much in closer contact than any office setting or most jobs that you can think of. Um, so I don't understand why they are being a little bit more like Patrick Peterson and saying, you know, maybe you're not going to get sick or maybe you don't really think that it's something that you need to do. Um, but think of the greater good of this team. If I'm not in the game, that is going to negatively affect everyone else. And in that regard, it's a microcosm of the, the globe. You know, you're looking out for the well-being of the Vikings. I'm looking out for the person that lives two, two doors down from me. So, all right, we're going to spin the wheel. Last week we had the Bears. We're going to give our forecast for whatever team this comes up with. Ooh, and it has a little music in there. Here we go. Let's see who it is. Carolina Panthers, Wes, you start, sir. What is your forecast for that team in 2021? Oh, Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> they are in the division with Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. A suddenly weak division. A suddenly weak division, yes. Sam uh, Darnold, right? Sam Darnold, USC, mm-hmm. fight on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you bastard had to <laughs> skip that in. <laughs> um, I think they finish third place in the division. And what what comes of Darnold? Does he look a lot better? Same. I I think he does. Okay. I think he looks a lot better. Um, might take him a couple of games, but he'll get the stink of the the Jets and Adam Gase off of him, and uh, hopefully start to show his worth as the number one pick that he was. Jason Christian McCaffrey's back. DJ Moore at wide receiver. Robbie Anderson. Uh, Terrence Marshall, the rookie. What say you on the 2021 Panthers? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go 10 and seven. Um, Ooh, wow. Potentially, potentially um, second in that division. Actually, I, I, I I can't, I can't even imagine how grateful Sam Darnold has to be. (laughs) You know, to be away from Adam Gase, um, they got a pretty good offensive coordinator down there in Carolina. And you just mentioned the weapons they got and having McCaffrey back. Uh, it's not going to surprise me if they go 10 and seven, um, you know, maybe get even 11. I don't know. I think I think they have a pretty good year. Okay. Sally, the Carolina Panthers are the team that will employ your guy, Pat Elfline, at left guard. <laughs> uh, That's my guy. Yep. What is your outlook on the Panthers? Well, now that you pointed that Elfline out, uh, Pat out, I think I might have to go first in the division. I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, No, I'm kidding. So first I'd like to point out that uh, the Panthers are either the highest vaccinated in the league or uh, (laughs) second or third. They're over 90%. So they're doing pretty well there. Um, I'm going to say second in the division behind the Bucks. Okay. That's pretty high prognosis. Um, I, well, I, I'm over the Saints and I'm over, um, yeah, everyone else. But you know, I don't yeah. fuck with Jameis. Oh, this is crap. I press the explicit button when I post the show. Sorry, so we're fine. I'm the only one uh, who cusses. The <laughs> Carolina's offensive line is a little sus, as the Twitter kids say. Um, other than that, it's all up to Darnold and whether or not this experiment is worthwhile. Um, Bridgewater without McCaffrey could only take that team so far. Um, so I think reasonably that Darnold will progress and look like a top 
17 quarterback, and I think seven and 10 with a upward trajectory is what I have on the Panthers. You guys want me to spend one more time or do you guys got to bounce? Yeah, do that. And Hey, just uh, after Sally said those numbers, uh, Denver's at 75% vaccination rate too. So that's pretty good, um, I guess. Sally, mm, you should... That's on the lower end, I think. Is it? I mean, 75%? just as far as, the, as far as the league is the total, isn't it, Dustin? Uh, yeah, the, the league was at, was it 80? 85, I want yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. They want everyone to be at 70 is the goal, so. Yeah, the joke was that uh, if it was at 84, it was the Minnesota Vikings that dragged it down by 16% <laughs> from 100. That, that, that was <laughs> oh. the joke from one of our Vikings buds. It was, it was hyperbole. Appropriate. Hyperbole. All right, we'll do one more, <laughs> even though you had to check your watch there, Sally. No, well, I was... You that don't need your, to know my technical issues right now. Yeah, that was your George Bush senior moment when he checked the watch during the debate in 1992. <laughs> Let me see. Do I have another two minutes? I think I can pencil that in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the Cincinnati Bengals. Sally, you're up. Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot on my favorite division, the AFC. Here. Hmm. Uh, this is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Burrow's going to be back. So I think that's going to be a huge improvement. However, I do feel that that division, um, I think the Ravens are going to stay, you know, they're going to be pretty steady. They, where they were last year, I don't think they're going to go tremendously up or down. Uh, but I think the Browns have improved greatly. Um, and then I, I know you think Roethlisberger has a lot left, oh, but I'm, Here we go. I disagree. <laughs> so Here we go. I think I'm going to go third for them in the division. Well, congratulations. You just got a Ben Roethlisberger stat line coming back at you. But we'll, Uh-oh. We'll, we'll, we'll I get... know, but it's a new year. I don't care about the past. That's oh, oh here is, we go. You're the eye test. 2021. All right, but it will get to me in a second, but that's coming. Uh, Wes, what do you got for the Bengals? Uh, Bengals, I have them finishing fourth. Uh, yeah, while, while they approve, improved and while uh, the Steelers and Roethlisberger are fading, uh, Dustin, his arm is case cookest. <laughs> hey, other people picked up on that goofy name like we did. It's like they were privy to our yes. group chats. And I was yeah. like, what the hell's the deal? And of He's course, we, we made fun of that. Not made fun of it, but it just goofy. So we made fun of that a month ago when he was on the Broncos. And it was just destiny that he came to the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So what was your record like, projection for the Bengals? Uh, record projection, we will do... Six and ten. Nope, can't do it. Seven and ten. There you go. Okay, Jason, the the Cincinnati Bengals of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go last in the division too. I, I exact same prediction with seven and ten. There, I think they missed out when they missed uh, passed up on Sewell. Uh, myself, I think he would have uh, benefited them in the short term a little more than the receiver. I think Burrow's gonna come out, and uh, I think he's gonna take a step back actually a little bit. All right, uh, Ben Roethlisberger in 2020. Listen, listen to this struggle, mer- <laughs> struggle merchant. 3,803 yards, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and for those that get the rocks off on quarterback record, 12 and three. Um, so I, I don't get it. Um, I know that team made a took a face plant, um, but I I don't rule out Mike Tomlin coach teams. And if he thinks Roethlisberger's got it, then who am, who am I to? Uh, and I know he's getting old, but who was their running back? It was it was James Connor who comes <laughs> up. No wonder they threw so much. Come on, no. James Connor comes up every week on this show, and it makes me have the same grimace each week. Yeah, uh, same the, grimace. Uh, so I am on record of saying the Steelers are not dead, and I can't believe you Tomlinites aren't aren't with me. Um, nobody's going to say anything there. I guess. What's your prediction for the division the then? And oh, where okay. are the Steelers finishing? Uh, where does who finish? The Steelers. Oh, the Steelers. Do you think they're winning the division? Uh, no, but I think that they'll find a way to get second. So who's the odd man out then? Um, the Ravens or the Browns? I think that the Ravens and Steelers will finish with comparable records. And I, uh, I, 
it it flummoxes me like none other that you guys think the Steelers defense is meh and that Mike Tomlin doesn't know what he's doing. Look, I, I think the defense will keep them in the season. Yeah, I didn't say he doesn't know what he's doing. No one said that. <laughs> There's well, a good chance. Is there a good chance that division sends three teams to the playoffs? Then, with Possibly. the expanded, with know. the expanded, if there was going to be a division that does it, probably that one. Um, on the Bengals, I think that they will improve, uh, but I have the exact same spots I do the Panthers seven and ten. Uh, they're a little rougher on the edges in key aspects of the game. Offensive line, their big solution was Riley Reef who is a good left tackle, but not a great left tackle. And I think, Jason, you nailed it when they passed on Sewell for the sexy allure of uh, Jamar Chase Jamar because Chase. they wanted to keep those those two. And then Burrow, unlike Rodgers, has some say in who they draft. So I got 7 and 10 for both of those teams. Mm. Yeah, well, Burrow's got the clout. Rodgers don't. You guys better hope one of those Ws isn't against the Vikings with all this slander. <laughs> Uh, and then I know. We'll, we'll keep the Steelers yeah. discussion alive throughout the season because uh, it's it's going to be a stark <laughs> divide that we have until until they start losing games. Then I won't allow it to be brought up anymore. Uh, I feel very confident in this decision of mine. <laughs> Prediction, I mean. All right. Any, anything from anybody else until next week? That's it. Um, no. The NFL does such a delicious job of bringing us headlines each week that uh, the shows write themselves. So we will be back in seven days with uh, getting near the start of preseason chatter. The Hall of Fame game will be played by yep. them, won't it? Yeah, it's tomorrow night. Oh. With a, Bye. Without, the, the Steelers and Cowboys is a very Hall of Fame-y Hall of Fame game. Yes. Yes. All right, that's all we got. Peace. Bye. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.